Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having an absolutely terrific, fantastic, blessed day today, as always. And again, I continue to thank everyone for the support of Health Masters and getting the true and truth news out there every single day. It's so important right now as more and more things are starting to change. It's ironic. I was watching uh, an article on Zero Hedge and a video of Rand Paul, and it kind of troubled me, not what he was saying, but the fact that he's one of the only senators that is actually going out of his way to make a point to delay this $40 billion behemoth bill to just hand Ukraine more money. My million-dollar question that nobody's been able to answer to me is, why is it our responsibility to give Ukraine $40 billion? Is anybody in Europe not capable of doing that? Anybody in other NATO countries not capable of doing that? Why is the United States, which... Ukraine is not even a NATO country. Why is the United States suddenly having to take it upon themselves to throw them tens of billions of dollars, it seems, almost every single month? Well, again, I told you my theory, the answer, my opinion is it's because it's the third most corrupt country in the entire world. And there's a whole lot of hands getting greased with what's going on over there right now. Now, apparently the military industrial complex on a lot of the politicians in D.C. are irate with Rand Paul. I was reading some of the tweets and some of the articles of all the hatchet jobs they're doing on him, calling him now a, a Putin sympathizer. Like, you not know, a Putin sympathizer because he said, and I quote, this wasn't the fact that he stated we can't ever give any money to Ukraine. He said the only way I am going to go along with this is if we have an inspector general that monitors every single dollar that goes to Ukraine and exactly how every billions of dollars are being spent in that country. And if there's an overage, then basically it comes back to us. The legislation was approved by the House and has strong support of the Senate. However, Ron Paul has signified a departure from the supportive stance in Congress, stating this is not what America's about. He went on to say here, my oath to office is the United States Constitution, not any foreign nation. And no matter how sympathetic the cause, my oath to office is national security, the United States of America. We cannot save Ukraine by dooming the United States economy. He goes on to talk about gasoline, energy, everything's up massively. And he said inflation doesn't just come out of nowhere, pointing out that the United States spent almost $5 trillion on COVID-19 bailouts, which has led to sky-high levels of inflation. He said the Americans are feeling the pain, and Congress seems intent only on adding to the pain by shoveling more money out the door as fast as they can to anybody else but Americans. And he's exactly right on this, and I'm glad somebody, somebody, is actually making the American voice heard. Because remember, last time I checked, a United States Republic was technically supposed to be a government by the people, for the people. I have not spoken to one single person. I've talked to a lot. Dad's talked to a lot. I have not spoken to one single person that is encouraging, excited, or supportive of giving Ukraine $40 billion on top of all the other money and armaments that we've been giving them. And again, in my opinion, 
this is nothing about a war. This is everything about funneling more money, more whatever they're doing over there with the bioweapons labs that they wanted to completely and totally shut down, delete. If you guys remember, delete from the entire Internet when they had it over there with the um, the the on the website. And they made sure that nobody was allowed to talk about it. They called it misinformation. There was a couple old Russian missile, uh, you know, military sites that they were going in and decommissioning, which was a complete and total lie when you look at how much money was spent on new construction for bioweapon labs. And again, why in the world does Ukraine need $40 billion from us? Where are the other countries and how much money are they actually getting in aggregate when in reality – we pretty much are all knowing now this thing is a complete and total sham from the very beginning. Also, to another news, this is something I found interesting. We were talking about it yesterday with the diesel Armageddon now, and now they're saying that there may have to be rations of diesel fuel by this summer because of inventory shortages. Now, let me tell you something right now. The aspect of having to ration diesel fuel, if they actually do that, is two reasons why. B, excuse me, A, they want to make sure they shut down the entire economy. As Dad said and I said yesterday, everything runs on diesel fuel, all the way from some oil tankers to some locomotives to every single semi-truck to large heavy equipment to farm equipment to construction equipment. The list goes down the line. Airplanes, as far as in the production of this, what's funny about this is – there is no shortage of diesel fuel by a accident. This was all a pre-planned, very specific move, a chess move, to push everybody into EV. I've been getting numerous articles now and feeds popping up all over the place about the new Chevrolet EV truck that's supposed to be rolling out next year. Suddenly, suddenly, GM already has enough parts to make like 20,000 EV trucks on pre-order and continue to keep the supply up without any any type of restrictions apparently on production manufacturing for their EV Silverado by midsummer next year. Then they're saying that it's going to have a 400-mile range on it. It's going to be able to tow 10,000 pounds, but they're not saying what the actual range is going to be while you're towing 10,000 pounds. And the top model, the one that's loaded up with the long-driving batteries and the high-capacity towing, the MSRP is going to start stickering at $109,000 for a Chevrolet Silverado 1500 EV pickup truck. Yeah, $109,000. That's before any additional options get added on top of that. So I'm not sure who's going to be in the market for a $110,000, $120,000, truck when right now, even though the market's through the roof, the average high, high-end pickup truck's around $70,000. So you're talking about almost doubling the cost of the vehicle in the market. And then let's talk about long-term resale value and what to do with lithium-ion batteries when they start going out after six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Not to mention the value of that $120,000 truck. What is it going to be in three years, five years, six years, eight years on the depreciation curve when there's no longer any life left? I don't know, but nobody wants to seem to talk about these things. They simply want to say, Oh, there's a diesel shortage because we did it to ourselves via our administration that's shut down every single gas production and manufacturer as far as pumping, oil transfer, keystone pipeline, fracking, everything got shut down intentionally to do exactly what they're doing right now. And so that's why I've told everybody, make sure you buckle up and get ready for this summer and fall when it comes to supplies you need because it's not just going to be diesel shortages. That's not going to be the issue. 
what you're going to start seeing is you're going to start seeing food prices go exponential growth curve, which means you're going to start seeing food prices doubling on themselves if diesel actually does this because simply supermarket trucks and transport trucks and delivery trucks and UPS trucks and FedEx trucks, all of which factory function on diesel fuel, everything's going to start changing very quickly. Now, there's a lot of people that I know that are starting to buy up diesel tanks that are basically use off-road diesel. That's not an you know a bad option if you want to store diesel fuel and put some stable in it. I know a lot of people that are talking about doing that. And again, making sure you understand you have supplies that you need. That is one of the reasons why the meat buckets have been so popular over the last couple months because I think pretty much as everyone has realized, hedging on the prices of basically meat going up is a guaranteed bet all the way from butter to eggs to chicken to beef, and that's why it's so important you make sure you do your own research and know where you stand with this stuff and making sure you're staying healthy as well and keeping your body strong for whatever you have to basically do to protect your family or your friends over the next couple months, including protecting your country, because this is something that's changing very rapidly right now, and I think this is the next phase, and I told you guys yesterday, I truly believe, I think they're going to pull another COVID-19 deception plan in this fall. Remember, right in the middle, we got midterms this fall, will be the perfect time to roll out another COVID pandemic with everybody getting sick from the shot, blame it on the unvaccinated, which is what I said yesterday, and then turn around and say, this is all happening, all the inflation, all the market problems, all the delivery problems aren't because of diesel fuel, aren't because of high prices, it's because of the unvaccinated, unwashed masses have caused this problem, and quite frankly, if people aren't awake and aren't doing their own research, they'll believe whatever CNN says, Deb. What do you think? Well, this diesel is a real problem right now. I mean, at five fifty to $6 a gallon, we talked about this yesterday, it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. You know, it's crazy to me because gold is dropping precipitously. It's almost down 10% now. And, and, you know, the crazy thing about that is, is that the dollar is getting stronger, which makes no sense either. And all of this stuff that we talk about on the show as far as what these international bankers doing are doing is all contrived. It really, really is. In fact, that's why Rand Paul had enough of it. He says, look, you know, we're wasting all of this money in defense spending. Now we're giving the money to Ukraine, not to mention the billions and billions of dollars we give to Israel every year, plus all these other countries that we're supporting. And remember – it's not like they're taxing us and taking our money and sending it to these other countries. That's not what this is about, guys. We're running deficit spending here. What they're doing is they're borrowing the money to send to Ukraine. They're borrowing the money and charging it on a charge card and sending it to the Ukraine. It's not like they're being fiscally responsible whatsoever. They're taking the money that they're giving to these other countries, and they're putting it on our tab, your tab, my tab, the tab of the United States of America to continually and further indebt us. And, you know, 120 years ago, we were the largest creditor country in the world. Everybody owed us money. Now we're the largest debtor country in the world because we allowed the international bankers to come in and basically uh, put us into slavery. That's what they did. And we need to understand who's doing all of this stuff. I mean, look what's going on with the Navy right now, you know, because with our own military, the chief of naval operations says that he cannot explain why the chief, the head guy, why the Navy hosted diversity summit for information warfare sailors. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. The Navy recently hosted an inaugural diversity, equity and inclusion summit for information warfare sailors where a pro black lives matter entrepreneur was the keynote speaker, according to a press release on its website. 
The two-day summit hosted by the Naval Information Forces Navivore took place in Suffolk, Virginia, on April the 21st. And more than 150 sailors, civilians, and others from Navy Information Warfare Commands from around the world attended the release, said. Navitor's mission was to train information warfare sailors for the Navy. The summit was aimed at identifying new approaches to attracting, developing, and retaining talent in the information warfare community. Wait a minute. The first day the summit featured a panel on the state of information warfare and Navy DEI initiatives and overcoming challenges of the bias around race, ethnicity, here we go, gender, and many dimensions of diversity, I guess all the different pronouns you get to use. The two-day summit opened with a yoga class, of course it did, and was followed by an information warfare leadership panel to discuss why inclusion matters and how to get there, and panels where sailors discuss barriers they face during service. Now, I'm not going to read any more of this stuff because it's nonsense, but I repeat again that the chief of naval operations cannot explain <laughs> why the Navy hosted a diversity summit for information sailors. Does that mean that we've got a whole bunch of sailors now that are going gay or we're trying to recruit a bunch of gay sailors or a bunch of transgender sailors? I mean, why are they doing this and why do they think any of this is okay and why do they think that we have to go along with this and why we have to spend money for this? But, of course, we the people are no longer having a voice in any of this, are we? They just do what they want to do because the Luciferian cabals have taken control of our entire military. They have. Uh, a few years ago, uh, one of Austin's friends, and I also knew the guy was getting married, and, and, and we went to the wedding. And I couldn't believe how many lesbians and how many gays were there. And I thought, wow, wow, this is just kind of weird. I mean, they were just openly, openly homosexual. They thought it was normal because in the military now, apparently – you can't say anything. You, should be, you could be gay. You couldn't say anything about it. You couldn't admit you were gay. Now, it doesn't make any difference. You can flaunt it and pretend like you know everybody else enjoys watching you make out with the same sex. I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's sad to me. It really, really is because it's not the way that God intended it to be. In fact, U.S. Navy scripts, scraps now. The U.S. Navy has scrapped nine anti-submarine warships. Now, listen to this. This is going to blow your mind. I heard this the first thing this morning. These warships cost $3.2 billion to make. They're anti-submarine warships. They cost $3.2 billion to make, and some are under three years of age because their technology is already obsolete. I mean, they're, they're 36 months old, and they're done. They're one and done and out. $3.2 billion. Let me read you this. Navy will commission this entire – well, excuse me. Navy will decommission its entire fleet of freedom-class combat warships. Four of the 3.2 billion fleets set for scrap heap were commissioned in 2019 and 2020. They're like a couple years old. Anti-submarine system didn't work out, technically, naval operations said. Ships are incredibly expensive, and they lack capabilities that we expected. Representative Smith added, they're not ready to do anything. They don't work, and when they are, they break down. The USS St. Louis, launched in August of 2020, will serve just three years of a 25-year life. Scrappings will save $391 million as U.S. Navy planes and plans new shipbuilding programs are set, up, set, set in motion. Crews at the Naval Station Mayport, Florida, will have to wait for new ships to arrive, and the Chinese Navy is set to count 460 warships by 2030, becoming the world's largest naval fleet. Guys, listen to me. This is our government run on steroids. This is what our government does. It never stops making mistakes. 
This is why free enterprise has to be used in the United States. This is what capitalism is. If you're doing something that doesn't work, you have to turn right back around and change what you're doing and fix it. Basically, that's the bottom line. But the government doesn't understand any of that stuff. Elon Musk, who I do not support, he even has blasted now the Americans' work ethic and says that China will surpass the U.S. because our workers are trying to avoid going to work, unlike Chinese workers who are burning the 3 a.m. oil. Well, that's because there's slave labor over there. Chinese workers, I promise you, they don't want to burn the 3 a.m. oil. They don't want to do that. But they don't want to have their organs harvested either. Okay, They don't want to be taken out back and have their kidneys and their liver cut out and their hearts cut out and say, oh, by the way, you don't need these anymore because you don't want to work. You're not good enough slave labor, so we're going to go ahead and just sacrifice you on the traffic of the, you know, on the, on the, on the organ trafficking market, which is huge in the world. And, and see, and this is what we have to understand. The work ethic that we have in the United States, now I gotta, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meddle for just a minute. I'm gonna make a few of you mad, and that's just, oh, well, it is what it is. The work ethic that we have, that we have in the United States is a shadow of what it once was. I'm going to be honest with you. It's because of the youth. The youth doesn't want to work. I mean, all the kids want to do now is lay around on social media and sleep all day and stay on social media all night, many of them. I'm not talking about kids that are 13 and 14 years old. I'm talking about adults that are in their 20s. All they want to do is play video games, sit around, smoke pot, you know, take more vaccines, and do all the stupid stuff that they should never have done because their brains have been so how should I say, destroyed as far as reaching concrete, rational thought, that they sit around basically thinking that their parents are going to support them or their grandparents are going to support them for the rest of their life. And then a lot of them are so antagonistic towards their parents and their grandparents for supporting them, they write them nasty letters and they hate their parents and their grandparents, but they still expect them to give them money. Just a heads up here in case you guys haven't noticed the youth of today. And it doesn't matter what home they came from. They could have come from a Christian home. They could have come from a secular home. It doesn't make any difference. And the primary cause of this is is not that they weren't taken to church, because many of them were taken to church. The primary cause of this is they weren't taught to work, and they got involved with social media at a young age. And many of them got involved in pornography, and their parents didn't know about it. And they started hanging out with people that were involved in porn. They started hanging out with other kids that were really, really bad. I'm here to tell you this, and it's critically important. And I've seen it with my own children. Who your children hang out with will determine their future. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And you've got to drill that into these children's heads when they're young, and you have to monitor their social media. And, yes, you still have to take them to church, and you've got to pray with them every single day, but you've got to make sure they don't hang out with bad kids. And you can't leave them alone with bad kids like it was back in the 60s and 70s. Certain kids, just don't you don't need to be around them. They're just they're bad news because their parents are bad news, and they're going to rub off on your children. Be very, very careful on who you allow your children to hang out with, and be very careful if you have young children on who the older children are they hang out with. That's critically, critically important. And one more thing, you got to teach kids how to work. I just told Austin this morning. You know, Austin's got a really good work ethic, and uh, you know, and he, but when he was young, I had him out working when he was eight years old, cutting the grass, mowing the grass, cutting hedges, you know, doing all kinds of things that he could do at the age of eight teaching him how to work that's one of the biggest problems that we don't do today because everything we have now is so how should i say you know modernized and so mechanized that we don't have to do physical work 
everybody needs to get out in the yard with hedge clippers when they're young and learn what it's really like to cut hedges. It's the pits, to be honest with you, especially if you're on an eight-foot ladder-cutting high hedges. Everybody needs to dig a ditch. Everybody needs to put a drain field in by hand with a shovel. And Austin and I were talking yesterday, and I, you know, he said to me, he says, well, Dad, one of the most important things to know with your life is what you don't want to do. And, you know, it's the truth, isn't it? Think about that for a second. Do you really want to dig ditches the rest of your life, or do you really hate digging ditches and you'll do anything you have to to avoid digging ditches the rest of your life? Or with me and my children, they hate cutting hedges. I'll never forget Harrison was like 16, 17 years old one time. He was a college kid, and he was home for the summer, or he was working at the house in the summer. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he was still at the house, and we had taken off somewhere. And I told him, I said, you've got to cut hedges. Now, Harrison was the academic one. But, you know, he didn't like yard work at all, ever. He learned very quickly he did not want to do that. So he decided he's going to butcher my hedges. And butcher him, he did. The Butcher the hedges, he did. And he butchered them. I mean, he just, I mean, you can see to him. It took a year and a half for him to grow back. It was awful what he did to him. And he said to me, he said, well, Dad, you told me you wanted them cut. I said, well, you did. You cut them. And I said, you little brat. I said, I can't believe you did that. He goes, well, let me know when you mean to cut them again. <laughs> and I just laughed. He never cut him again. But he was 16 years old, and he I will give him credit. He and Savannah got out there, and she helped him, and they cut the hedges. And see, guys, it's the most important thing that you've got to teach the kids how to work. Don't let them lay around on iPhones all day. And, guys, when you're sitting at dinner, don't get the iPhones out. Make a rule when you come home for dinner and you're going to sit down and eat, that everybody puts the iPhones to the other room and you turn them off. They don't make all kinds of beep, beep, squeak, squeak noises. I've got my iPhone set up so it doesn't make any beep, beep, squeak, squeak noises. That's why some of you get frustrated. Well, I sent you a text two days ago. Well, my phone doesn't go beep, beep, squeak, squeak. I don't want to be notified of a text. If you got to call me, you got my cell phone number, guess what? Pick up the telephone and call me. It's a lot easier because – you know, most of the time I'm going to answer the phone if I'm in service. And guys, it's so important that people understand this. You gotta teach the kids. Train up a child in the way they should go and when they were old and not depart from it. And I know with me, we had those two acres of property, that fish camp with all those cottages when I was little. And all I ever did from the age of eight was paint cottages. I learned how to paint. I learned how to roof things with shingles. I could still roof and hang sheetrock and do all kinds of repairs. And I'm really good at digging ditches if I have to. I mean, I could do everything from a, how should I say, mechanical standpoint as far as the know how to do it. But what it also taught me was this. I don't live like that. And there's nothing wrong with being doing manual labor. There's not. I'm not picking on anybody who does that. But I just chose not to do that because the cottages that I was working on, they were like, you know, 80 years old. They were a mess. They were run down. They were broken down. They were awful. Uh, they had some really weird people living in them. And I really didn't want to associate with the people. Now, when I'm talking weird, I'm talking pedophiles and gays and, and lesbians and perverts. I mean, all kinds of weird people were living in these cottages we had, right? I mean, it was pretty sick. And I realized very quickly that I didn't want to associate with people like that, you know, because mom had us in church every single Sunday. And I started thinking, wow, these people need to go to church. They got some issues. And now I, I was thinking that as a young kid. So learn who you don't want to associate with. Learn who you want to associate with. Learn who you don't, what you don't want to do for a living and learn what you, you know, want to do for a living. Now, I want to read you one little article here. This is uh, an article by Tessa, and I'm going to post it on our website. And she, here's what she goes. She said, the reason we are facing the great, the great reset is because we, the people as a species, are stubbornly, sh stubbornly shutting our hearts and trying to avoid clarity and growth. And we seem hell-bent on avoiding it for as long as we 
have at least two stones to stand on with our feet, which is why the stones keep disappearing. They're not dis- they are disappearing because you know they are disappearing because we are creative and beautiful and zombies we are not, and so they are disappearing so that we do not have spiritually what we need to do to stay alive. And Klaus Schwab and his buddies and bosses are predators whose function is to train our senses. And she goes on to talk about free will. She goes, free will is the point of a human being on earth, including the right to make mistakes, and then to figure out ways to fix them. Co-creating this world on the basis of free will is why she says we are here. Okay? That means that we have to, we can build things and do all kinds of other things on the planet. She goes, without free will, we turn into either frightened food, in other words, we become, we become prey, or we come, or we become complacent food with a mouth of its own, or we turn into zombies and robots, spending time and spinning our wheels until it's time to die. And the Great Reset, in every previous crusade in history that denied free people their right to free will, will essentially be the same thing. The slogans were different, the talking points were different, the faces were different, but underneath, it was all about creating a circumstance in which adhering to free will and desiring to have a sovereign relationship with the mystery and follow the way of our ancestors was a crime, a sin, punishable by starvation, violence, and death. And what she's saying here is this. You know, throughout time, the same people have done the same things over and over and over, and it always ends up with the enslavement of humanity. This is exactly what happened in Genesis chapter 6. They enslaved humanity until every thought of every man was evil all the time, and God basically repented for building humans to start with. He had enough of it because what we had become. Because we allowed our free will to control us, and we allowed our free will to take us to the lowest depth of depravity. And these fallen angels that were here were teaching us how to do that. In other words, they turned on the iPad and cranked up the porn. Just today's metaphor. That's what they did to do everything they possibly could to destroy everyone. And then they cranked up their pyramids and created an energy field around the planet that was so pervasive that they were able to control the hearts and the minds of everyone all the time and create this negative, negative, negative energy and this sin world that we lived in. You know, look, God's already told you what he thought about Sodom and Gomorrah. God's already told you about the generation that he saw here with Genesis chapter 6 and what he thought about that as he flooded the entire planet. God doesn't like it. God wants us to do what he wants us to do. He wants us to serve him, obey his commands. And you say, well, I'm not going to listen to him. He wants me to do what he wants me to do. I've got, you know, a kid who's like that, too. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you think through it for a second. God says, don't kill Okay, well, that's a pretty good deal. You should be killing people. Thou shouldn't steal. Well, that's a pretty good deal to do. I don't want to steal. I don't think we should. Thou shalt not covet. Okay. How about remember the Lord thy God? That's a good one, too. How about remember the Sabbath to keep it holy? How about honor your father and your mother? How about thou shalt have no other gods before me? How about that one, too? Okay. There's all kinds of rules that God gave us that weren't here to punish us and to torture us. They were here to make us happy and glad and fill us with the Holy Spirit and to give us a foothold of what was right and wrong to do. I mean, if everybody's stealing everything from everybody, that's not cool. And God knew that. If everybody's killing everybody, that's not okay either. That's why he finally had enough of human beings who obviously couldn't figure it out on their own. He had to give them a, list, a group of laws through the Torah, through the Old Testament, through the five first books of Moses, and say, hey, look, there's certain ways you're supposed to live and certain ways you're not. 
because apparently without having a rule of law or a savior like we have with Jesus, human beings always have the lowest common denominator is depravity, and we go to these six, six levels. We really do, like Klaus Schwab and all the rest of them. That's why it's important to remember, you must serve the Most High God. You say, well, I don't want to do that. But that's, you see, again, that's what I'm talking about. That's the attitude. You know, here's the thing. If God created you in his image and you have a God-shaped vacuum on the inside of yourself that only God can fill, why do you think anything else is going to fill it? Why do you think having more stuff or more lovers or more whatever or more sexual escapades, why do you think that's going to do anything to fix anything? It's not. The only thing we're here for basically is to serve God, to obey his commandments because we were created in his image. But that's through free will. We have to be willing to do that. The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the fruit of the land. And then he also says, I much desire obedience over sacrifice. And his obedience is not to kill each other, not to have other gods, and not to sacrifice your children on the altars of Baal and Moloch and Asherah. I mean, you know, God made it pretty easy for us. He really did. Just do what's right. But people don't like doing that. They're always out to rob, kill, steal, and destroy because they follow Lucifer. And that's that same group, that same battle that we have going on and has been going on for millennial. It has. Guys, this battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against these principalities that are running this world from outside sources, through other dimensions, through other star systems, other planets, whatever you want to call it. They want to hook us into a D-wave computer so we can have, so they can control all of us all of the time and make every thought evil all the time because they feed on that negative energy. And if we understand that, that's what the Bible says, to think on the good things, then we realize what God did with Jesus through the blood of the Lamb. Listen to this show that we did on Wednesday this week, and I talk about the blood of the lamb and all of the important things, and it's like a primer, that show is. I mean, we play it about every six months because we want to bring everybody up to speed as to where we need to be as far as our relationship with God through Jesus. Without Christ, we don't have a snowball's chance in uh, <clears throat> Hades to make us through this thing. We don't. We have no chance whatsoever. They're going to continue to do what they need to do to destroy the planet and to take away our free will. It's like Austin said with these diesel trucks that they're doing now. Why do you think diesel is $6 a gallon? You know, aircraft fuel is basically a refined type of diesel. Jet, jet fuel is. All of the, remember when AOC said nobody's going to fly anymore, we're going to stop the airplanes? The girl wasn't joking. They're going to really cut back on air traffic. How about locomotives that run on diesel and ships that run on diesel? All these different technologies are basically out there, and there is no shortage of diesel fuel. They will just force the people on this planet, as they always want to do, against their will, to force them to do what they want them to do, regardless of the consequences. So they can control you more and have complete and utter control with self-driving vehicles. That's where they want to put you. That's where they want to make you see what they want to make you do. How do you know what they're going to show on the screens in these self-driving cars? Are they going to force you through indoctrinated, indoctrination centers in your own car that you have to watch a video while, they, while, you're, while you're not driving, while the car is moving, and they're playing this and forcing you to watch it? And what happens if you take a towel and cover the dash? Is this car going to stop because you're not paying attention to the video they're showing you? This is propaganda, guys. This is mind control, and that's where they're headed with all of this stuff. And that's why we've got to stand firm in our relationship with Jesus. And Austin and I both know that without Christ, it's impossible. It really is. And that's why we constantly talk about Jesus on this show, and we constantly talk about how we have to resist everything. Why do you think we belabored? And I'm saying belabored, and it's very real, about the masks. Because we couldn't get people to stop wearing them. It was ridiculous. And we kept saying, don't do this, don't comply. 
you can't allow them to make you do stuff you don't want to do. You can't allow them to force you to lick the boot. You can't do that. You've got to stand firm with the word of God in all ways and all times. I appreciate you guys. We had the opportunity to pray for you this morning, and you guys are amazing. Austin, what's the next story, and what do you got? What do you think? You're exactly right as far as making sure, almost in some cases, you kind of just step out of the game and system they're playing. You know, obviously, we live in a very digitized world, and there's a lot of things that are changing all over the place, but making sure you're hedged in different directions because they are going to try to play this game right now. I mean, I've never seen in my life gold being shorted over $200 an ounce in the last, like, three weeks, two weeks, and yet the stock market is continuing to drop and the dollar is continuing to go up and the every other market's going down. Never seen this. There, there, this was a very, very specific, very well-organized market manipulation tactic. This isn't an accident. This is the same thing that I was reading about yesterday. I talked to a buddy of mine who's in the crypto market. And what they've done now is BlackRock and Vanguard and multiple other of these firms were doing all types of these convoluted swaps with another company that was working with basically the UTCs. And they were going in now, and that's why they dropped the crypto market so hard is they're trying to suppress it as far as they can so they can come back in and buy it for pennies on the dollar, which is what these guys are known for doing. At the same time now, also, I talked to Doug yesterday, and we pulled up an article and I'm going to detail it here in more detail. The aspect of what we're seeing now with this baby formula shortage is not by coincidence either. We're now finding that a Bill Gates-backed company known as BioMilk, B-I-O-M-I-L-Q, that is working on producing a lab-grown human milk that will be allegedly just as safe and healthy as human breast milk but a longer shelf life is less than two years away as Bill Gates and other investors helped raise $21 million the end of last year for this BioMilk U.S. firm to artificially start producing human breast milk. You can't make this up. When you start realizing what they're doing, it says they're taking – the team is creating its product by cells taken from human breast tissue and milk donated by women – who get a Target gift card in return, by the way. So they go donate their breast milk, and they go get a Target gift card. BioMilk grows the cells in flax, feeding them nutrients, and then incubates them in a bioreactor that mimics the environment of breast. Here the cells absorb more nutrients and secrete milk components. This is artificial milk at its finest example. Now, again, it's not coincidence that you're seeing bio-lab-grown meat and beef and chicken being produced now with the same companies backing them like Bill Gates and other companies. What they want to do is, and this has nothing to do with overall sustainability or health, they could care less about feeding more people. In fact, they want to starve out more people. That's just their overall goal. What they want to be able to do is manipulate and essentially botch these levels of foods like breast milk that is something that's been around since the beginning of time that is unbelievably healthy and natural for babies. They want to go in now and be able to pump this stuff with who knows what chemicals, RNA gene therapy? I don't know. CRISPR-9 gene therapy? I don't know. Soy protein and phytoestrogens? I don't know. The problem with it is when you're dealing with these synthetic labs that are backed by the same companies that have also backed biotech and Pfizer to create RNA gene therapy shots, 
that are now killing off millions and millions of people all across the globe, you got to kind of wonder what's the real sinister plot behind making a lab-grown breast milk and why in the world is suddenly, all of a sudden, all of this milk, this this basically formula gone and had to get recalled. There was a tweet that I saw from one lady, and she said that there are reports now that some of the formula may be getting sent down to the southern border. Now, I don't know. I can't confirm that. It would not surprise me, though, as we know the United States absolutely hates the American people when it comes to the deep state. I mean, they have such disgust for the American populace. I mean, they're willing to let 30, 40, 50,000 people a day in the southern border now without zero testing, zero restrictions, zero monitoring. CDC says, oh, we're, we're lifting the Article 41. We're going to make sure that everybody can come in the country. Oh, but at the same time, all American citizens flying on planes, you guys have to wear face diapers the entire flight. You know, because it's science, right? It's science. We, we understand that you have to follow us. This is why I've said repeatedly, and I will say it again, you do not have to listen to illegal, unconstitutional mandates. They are not laws put into place. They are not statutes. They are simply attempt, I should say, feeble attempts to try to force you to comply when in most cases people just go along with it because, well, they don't really have any reason not to because everybody else is doing it. And as we've seen before, the sad part about it is lemmings, they follow the people in front of them. They don't ask questions. They don't step to the side and say, you guys are about to run off a cliff. You guys are about to create your own demise. Why don't everybody slow down for a second? Oh, no, we're all running this way because he's running this way, and the same guy in front of them says the same thing. I saw that so, so way too much comment, so much in 2020 where people were doing exactly what everybody else was doing because, well, that was the thing to do. It's like the joke I said before. I, I support the current thing. What's the current thing? Well, I don't know. Whatever they're telling me the current thing is, I support it. This is the joke that we've constantly seen. And I wanted to bring up because Dad talked about it as far as the monitoring of what they're wanting to do. On Motor Trend, I was reading earlier today about the 2024 Silverado EV to roll back to that. Here's one part of it that I want everybody to get a real keen understanding on because this is exactly what they talked about in that infrastructure bill by 2025 with monitoring, recording, and videotaping you the entire time you're in your vehicle. This is the article, and I quote from Motor Trend, 2024 Chevy Silverado, no keys needed. Push-button starters and keys are dead to the Silverado EV. The vehicle will be the first GM product that will recognize its driver through an enabled device and turn on without any interaction from the driver. Now, it doesn't go into detail what enabled device is. Is that enabling your device on your phone? Is your phone going to be your new key? Well, that's kind of crappy because what happens if you lose your key? You can't even drive your car. That's, that's not good. Oh, is it going to be your fingerprint or your palm print or your facial recognition system as a backup if you don't have your phone? Well, yeah, I think that's pretty much exactly what they're saying here. No interaction of the driver with an enabled device. Well, obviously, you can't just have the vehicle run on a phone. 
because there has to be some type of backup scenario in the event you lose your phone or it falls in the lake and you're trying to get your truck to back your boat ramp, you know, back down the boat ramp to load your boat up. So obviously they're rolling these vehicles into platforms exactly what they talked about in the 2025 bill to monitor, to record, and to basically analyze everything you do. And then they can come in and say, well, you're being distracted. We're going to go ahead and have to pull you over until you've learned your lesson about driving distracted. Or, oh, we look at you and we can tell your eyes are a little hazy and they're a little bloodshot, and we detect alcohol in the vehicle. We're going to go ahead and pull you over and have a law enforcement officer come over and do a field sobriety test for your safety, of course, and you're not going to be able to leave your vehicle. The doors are going to automatically lock, and you won't be able to get out because we know you're in your vehicle because we have facial recognition platforms in the vehicle right now. And they can notify law enforcement that you're driving your vehicle and they're going to come by and do whatever they want to do to you. This is where they're going to start taking the vehicles. This is why they're going in and trying to short the market with these a lot of these trucks. Also, to another news, I want to bring this up because this is something that I find troubling, the fact that we hear the Senate – and Congress talking about how these human rights in Ukraine and how we need to give more money to Ukraine because they need our help. Well, at the same time, the lockdowns currently happening and China's largest cities, including Shanghai and Beijing, are becoming so far such a violation of human rights, it's almost unprecedented. The Chinese authorities working hard to suppress any news. However, a lot of it are being leaked out about the camps now that are leading to suicide, starvation, and mass incarcerations. Even the World Health Organization criticized COVID's Chinese policy, which has been completely censored and ignored. Nobody's talked about it. It's funny because, you know, so concerned about Ukraine here in the United States, yet nobody said a single thing about what China is doing. Well, I wonder why. And here's an article that came out about them. I wanted to bring this up. They said, while the measures taken to achieve these goals look insanely different from other countries, we should fully expect the goals and overall outcomes to be the same if we allow it to come here. For example, in the report below, certain districts in Shanghai recently allowed some of the people to leave their home to make a privileged visit to an approved grocery store to buy a limited amount of groceries. The customers have to enter the store in a carefully controlled group, show their passes and an invitation card issued by the store. So they have to show their COVID passport. They have to show their invitation card that they're privileged enough to be able to come to the store. They then have to take a negative rapid PCR test. They then have to scan their location code as they walk in. And then they have to pass temperature and they have to have a mask check the entire time. Shopping time is limited to 40 minutes per group, and then the store has to be disinfected for 20 minutes before the next group enters. This is the new norm as China is now building over 9,000 permanent PCR testing stations for life after lockdowns, they have quoted, where anyone who wants to enter any public space or leave their home, essentially, is going to have to take a rapid PCR test and have a negative result, or else they will have to go back to quarantine in their home. Regardless if they have food or supplies, they will have to stay there for 14 days after a positive PCR test. In some place in China right now, people must take a PCR test every 24 hours to keep their pass up to date or they will not be able to participate in society. This is what's happening in China right now, yet the mainstream media is completely and totally quiet. Not a single peep 
from Pelosi or Schumer or any of these other complete and total communist clowns that are running it right now. Not a single peep from anybody in the mainstream politics, from CNN, from NBC, anybody. Nobody's talking about what they're doing to the Chinese residents right now. I told you in the video yesterday, there was a guy that was basically just recording him on a phone. He was fighting with him and didn't want to take his daily PCR test. They took packing tape, clear packing tape, and taped them, taped them to a C-spine board. Like basically the, you strap somebody on that's broken their back. Taped them to it. I mean like an entire roll. Taped his neck back, taped his forehead back, and then forced a big old nasal swab about three inches up into his brain so they could get a PCR test on him. And then just left him. The video cut off. I don't know what they did. They cut him loose. They, they left him there to show him that they controlled him and they owned him. I don't know. But this so far is so beyond human rights violation, and yet, hey, we got to stand with Ukraine. we got to make sure we get $40 billion to Ukraine right now because there's a skirmish going on in northern part of Ukraine. As I said yesterday, isn't it anybody else find it remotely odd that we've literally seen dozens of congressional members and their families flying over to Ukraine on a regular basis right now, and Pelosi on multiple of these like secret meetings she doesn't tell anybody about to Ukraine that's supposed to be this active hot war zone, middle of a giant conflict throughout the entire country. And I made a joke yesterday. I said, you remember all the politicians and congressional members that went to Fallujah and the 51-day siege that occurred? It was one of the most violent Marine Corps battles in U.S. history. Oh, yeah, I don't remember one single congressional member going over there because it was an active war zone. They don't go over there. This is what's so ironic right now. And as we're watching this happen, it's so important we get the truth out there. And at the same time, we plan and prep accordingly to what we know we need to do because there are a lot of strange things happening right now. And you can see the writing on the wall of things starting to occur. But thinking outside the box, as I've told you before, always having backup adequate food, having backup water supply is another huge one, making sure you're having backup supplements and backup you know, firearm defense in nature and also training with them. Up here in the mountains, we're going to be training some more today and doing some target practice, making sure everybody's on point with their weapons platforms and they know how to safely shoot. Because remember, it's not just about being able to pull the trigger on a target. It's about being able to actively work a firearm in a situation and not only keep you and your family safe, but also make sure everyone around you safe, watching your backdrop, making sure that you're not firing a rifle caliber through somebody that's going to go through a wall or go into a crowded building or going to go behind somebody behind them. They're very important elements you have to understand, and it's so important everybody do so and make sure you're constantly staying prepared for what's going on. What do you think, Deb? Well, you know, I've told this before, and I mean this. I've got a friend of mine who's got a lot of guns, and I wouldn't want him around me with a gun that's loaded. I mean, he's never taken any firearm training at all. I don't think he's ever fired a gun more than a few dozen times, and he doesn't really understand about muzzle-sweeping people, though I've fussed at him about it repeatedly. And, I mean, you got to be careful. This morning, Sharon had a twenty-two here in the RV, and, and she was looking at it. And I looked at her. I said, have you cleared that gun? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, you better, I said, also make sure she clears it. And she had not. She just picked it up. And it wasn't loaded, and I knew it wasn't loaded, but she didn't check it. She didn't pull, pull the cylinder out to look at it make sure it wasn't loaded. you got to learn simple things like that. Everybody's got to understand that, you know, guns are very, very, very dangerous, you know, especially in the wrong hands. Now, a gun sitting there by itself, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to jump up and shoot anybody. But when you get people out there that aren't trained, they can get you into trouble very, very quickly. I mean, they really, really can. 
Uh, and one more thing, too. Have good medical aid available. Get some of that 400, 500, 600 Manuka honey. You can get it online. And if you get a, if you end up getting a cut, you got to pack in a Manuka honey as quickly as you possibly can to prevent infection, especially if you don't have antibiotics, if you're in a prolonged time out without medical supplies. Very important because that Manuka honey will keep for years and years and years. I've got a friend of mine right now. He just fell off his dock. He tripped. He's in his 70s, and he cut his leg really, really bad. He ended up getting bacteria in his cut, and they almost had to amputate his leg. And now his cut looks absolutely awful after three weeks. And I and I told my friend, I said, you've got to pack that thing in Manuka honey and put some gauze and let it breathe. And let those, all those – there's so many antibiotics in Manuka honey, especially when you need the real high stuff, like the 400 and the 800. Keep that stuff on hand. And pretty much every time we get a cut now – I always take and put it in Manuka honey and put a Band-Aid around it, and it's amazing how quickly it heals. I mean, it's it's really kind of a miracle what it does. So keep that kind of stuff in hand. Keep hydrogen peroxide on hand, all that. By the way, a few months back ago, I quoted Naomi Wolf. And, you know, she's a hardcore, probably lesbian, feminist, Jewish lady who basically is coming around now and started to talk really conservative. I'm starting to really kind of like her. I know that's kind of wrong, isn't it? But maybe not. I don't know. At least she's telling us the truth now, and she's going against the mainstream narrative. And she's been getting eviscerated by her own liberal press. But she wrote down on this article here, she says, uh, this is from the Brownstone Institute, on the MSNBC that morning, Dr. Anthony Fauci, that entangled mass of compromised spiritual matter, who had presided over the intentional wastelands of the pandemic, who had for two years delivered in his nasal Brooklyn cadence its lie-based sound bites with their death scientific studies that wrecked livelihoods, destroyed kids' educations, and that drove whole communities into destitution, had declared as if he were God himself that the pandemic was over. And she goes, well, okay then. I realize that we, as we drove that my own grief was not actually grief as any Psychologists would tell you just beneath depression is rage. And I realized that I was furious. That's what Austin talked about. Don't let them try to tell you they didn't do anything to you for the past two years. Don't forget what they did. She goes that Brian and her, I guess it was her boyfriend, had been fighting side by side relentlessly for over two years in a bitter, exhausting war to return America to simply normal, to its historic status as a great free society in which people could enjoy their constitutional liberties. We were part of a loose community of movement, say, of people braver, more dedicated than we were. We were part of what you might call the liberty movement. Now, here's a liberal saying she's part of the liberty movement. I'm impressed by that, by the way. But those these heroes and heroines alongside whom we fought were all pitifully few in number. There were maybe hundreds, maybe a few thousand, maybe more perhaps were in sympathy with us, but our energies were still spread very thin. As I have written before, these Okay, guys, sorry about that. We basically lost service up here in the mountains, and our everything went dead on us. And so we rebooted everything, and we're all back up again. And so listen to the show today. I'm going to post that article from Naomi Wolf so you guys can read it and really think about what she's saying because she's absolutely right. I'm going to go ahead and let Austin finish the show. God bless you guys. Make sure to listen to him on Hagman tonight. And, uh, and here he is. Yes. Again, apologize for any technical difficulties. Sometimes it happens, but that's what it's all about, being live. The uh, replay later on, we'll have it more edited and back up. So, again, as we've continued to tell everybody, 
don't be worrisome about what's happening. There's no reason to get nervous. The markets, the weird things that's happening, this is all cyclical. We've seen this happen for dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of decades. This happens. It goes up and down. This is a time, though, when they want to try to panic people. They want to try to get people going against each other. They want to bring up these topics like the abortion leak with the Supreme Court to try to get more people fighting with one another. If people come together and understand that you're not going to agree on every single topic, there's going to be certain things you don't like about other people or certain things they say. And that's okay. That's your right and that's their right. But when you understand when you're looking for and you're all going for the main overall goal, and that's freedom and constitutional rights and liberty and patriotism, that's when you have to understand, okay, this is what we're working on. This is what we're doing. This is how we're going to continue to do it, and this is how we're going to continue to support one another. It's so important. That's why I've told everybody over the last couple of years, the true individuals – that are actually promoting the real truth, not the COINTEL Pro, not the guys that are coming up with these weirdo left-wing stories out of nowhere, or they come in and they start basically trying to hack on and diss certain topics that people aren't supposed to talk about, like the Federal Reserve Bank and the banking cartel with the Rothschild and State Street and Vanguard that are running these shows. When you talk about that, and all of a sudden they go, whoa, 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 you can't talk about that. Well, then you start realizing who's actually funding them and who they're actually getting their support from. Always remember that, my friends. And if you guys need anything at all, always remember, check out the website at healthmasters.com. We do the best we can to support everybody. I try to answer the emails the best I can on the contact form. I am backed up on it right now because I'm limited service, but I will be back on it hard Monday again, getting everybody updated. Thank you again for the support. The meat buckets and the organic buckets, we have more coming in. We have a few orders that we haven't been able to hold, and we've been basically triaging. So if people order, say, three or four buckets, we'll send them two buckets right now, and we'll send them another two buckets next week. There's no doubt about it. It's not just problem with shipping delays anymore. The actual raw materials and getting the meats and getting the foods, it's getting leaner it's getting leaner very very rapidly and that's why the prices are going up the demands going up the supplies going down and that's not a good place to be but again if you see things on the wrong and you see the writing on the wall then you know what you can do also too i'm going to also be letting you guys know the ultimate multiple capsules Usually at the beginning of the year, in the beginning of the summer, I put them on sale for everybody. They're our number one product we have. I recommend that everybody as a base staple. I'm going to put those on basically a May super sale this month on the front page of the website. They'll only be on sale though for about two weeks as I have limited inventory on them. I have a new batch coming in, but I do have limited inventory. They're still very fresh, very, very fresh. They have like a two-year out extended, you know, as far as a year and a half, two years on the expiration date. But again, this is something that's a very big staple because if you're eating, you know, organic stored food, you got to think about it. Even doesn't matter if you're eating the best food on the market right now, the mineral and vitamin content of a lot of these foods are not where they need to be as sadly as it is just from what I've talked about before in the past with the lack of crop rotation and expanding and trying to push food further than it should go and the mass use of fertilizers. This is something that's really, really crucial to have on hand because anybody can take it. Adults, kids, animals. I've given the ultimate multiple to my dog on regular occasions. He actually does really well with it. Very, very good base supplement. So be sure to check it out. I'll have it up later on this afternoon as the ultimate multiple capsules 
on sale. And be sure to check out the products of the week. Y'all voted brand new batch of the HGH Stimulate again with our powdered quercetin in it. Mixes up really well again. Back on the shelf, back on the website, on sale at healthmasters.com. So continue to stay strong on this. Continue to get the truth out there. Continue to support one another and encourage one another. Again, this is the day the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice in it. I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but at the end of the day, we're alive, we're here, we're still in free America, and the only way we keep it that way is we have to keep pushing it and pushing it and standing up and maintaining our rights. Our rights, if we don't exercise them, that term very specifically, exercising our rights, they simply no longer are rights anymore. They're just something that floats around in the abyss that's just there that somebody else can take up. You have to exercise and utilize them, whether it be your First Amendment, whether it be your Second Amendment, and all the way down the long lines. Know your rights. Know where you stand on certain things because it is so important right now more than ever that we encourage one another and we know what we have a right to do. And you have a right to say no, my friends. You have a right to say yes. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't have a right. You have to wear a mask. You have to do this to go or you have to do that. This is what their overall goal is, to make you believe you don't have that right. Never let that happen. Stay strong, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Enjoy the Hagman Show tonight. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your family. Be safe. And we'll talk to you again on this show Monday as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>